Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries, or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually my drink was give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam! I give her a hundred dollars. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. This is The Jesse Kelly Show.
It is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday on the Jesse Kelly Show, and it is going to be a doozy. <laughs> yes, I'm aware that everybody saw me on Tucker Carlson last night on Fox News, and I'm aware of the slight anger I've created in feminists. I'm aware that I'm probably the first and only person ever to utter the term booger sugar on Fox News. I'm aware that I woke up this morning and I have 9,000 articles from all the leftists just raging about everything I say. Let me tell you, I've given some thought to my words from last night and from the bottom of my heart. I'm not even a little bit sorry. <laughs> 877-377-4373-Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. It, because it's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, I've decided I agonized over this before. And we've been moving towards one guest every Friday. I normally have two guests a show. That's the norm. Sometimes I'll have one, but... Casey, it's it's pretty much two guests a show Monday through Thursday. On Fridays, we're whittling it. We're whittling it. That's it. Shut up, Chris. We're whittling it down to one. And I can't guarantee you that won't be completely eliminated. But today we have the great Carol Roth joining us next hour. Carol Roth, the investment banker, the host the host of the Roth Effect podcast, always a good sport about everything. I want to ask her, because she's so good about money and debt and stuff like that. I want to ask her, where are we going? Because people are starting to complain about inflation, inflation, inflation. And I know you know what inflation is, but it's going to be our brief, serious topic today, unless it's one of your questions. Our brief, serious topic. I want to know where it's going. Where is all this going? I mean, I'm stupid. I need need this information. So Carol's going to help us out. And I'm going to try to keep the history story brief today. Don't worry. I'm not going to rush through it because I realize that's a lot of people's favorite part. A lot of people, that's the only part. It's a funny thing about the show, Chris. This just kind of happened. We didn't plan this out. Chris and I did not plan this out. It's just one of those things that kind of happened when I was doing, gosh, is that almost three years ago now? We had a one-hour show. That was how how it, it began. Uh, the local guy who runs things around here, he's an awesome dude named Eddie Martini. He's in charge of all kinds of stuff here in in, in Houston and in, in a bigger region than that. Gave me a 7 o'clock at night show, and I'd never had any show of any kind. He had no business putting me on the air at all. And he'd never heard me do a radio show. He's just like, well, screw it. I mean, Michael Berry says he's good. I'm going to give him a shot. And so we had a one-hour show. We were still doing history and politics during the one-hour show. You think I have to cut some of these off short quickly? We were doing like 15, 20-minute stories and then having, all right, wrap it up. We have to talk about something else. But anyway, apparently, because we see all the all the numbers, all the podcast download numbers, apparently like half and half had the same amount. We'll just download the history portion and, and then about another half will download the whole show. And I have people tell me all the time, oh, I don't, I don't do history. I just do the rest. And I have people tell me all the time, I don't, I do history. I don't do the rest. And then they apologize. I'm like, buddy, this is the first time in my life. I haven't had to have a real job. Don't apologize at all. Just keep listening. Let's go to South America. 
We haven't done a ton on South America, and no, you commie haters, don't be excited. I'm not doing Pinochet in Chile today. I will tell you, Chris, remind me if I forget, because you know I'll forget, I will do Pinochet next week. I will do a Pinochet show next week about them taking care of the communist problem down in Chile. 1532, we're going to talk about a people we have never talked about on this show before. We're going to talk about the Incas. The Incas are, hopefully, you know, depending on how sorry your teachers were. But remember, there are really three gigantic Indian groups, indigenous groups, native groups, whatever you want to call them. I call them all Indian groups just because I'm a barbarian South of America, there were the Aztecs, they were the Mexican big cheeses, they ran Mexico. And then there were the Mayans, they kind of were before the Aztecs, same time, but before there's some overlap there, it doesn't matter. And then there were the Incas. The Incas were, you know, Peru, Chile, Ecuador, and they were huge. And a real shooting star when it comes to the more ancient world, more native tribes. So why were they such a shooting star? Well, up to the 1400s, they were just one of a bunch of fairly well-off tribes in that general area in South America. They were just, you know, churning along everywhere like everyone else. They weren't they weren't they weren't drowning, but they also weren't dominating everyone either. either. They were just another one of the people. And then pow, they explode. And they exploded for a lot of reasons, but lots of times any society, whether it be Spain, England, America, the Aztecs, whatever the case may be, any society generally advance on the backs of a few different things. They advance on the back of their science and technology and engineering. You come up with one little improvement here or one little improvement there. It gives your society a huge edge over the society next door. Soon you're moving past them. And they were coming up because they got a couple lightning-in-a-bottle leaders. You don't get those all the time. 1400s, the Inca blew past everybody else. And this is going to be important in our story. When, they blew, when I say blew past everybody else, I mean they advanced past their fellow natives by a long shot. And because I know your history teacher told you that everybody... Everybody in the native world were, they were all smoking peace pipes beside each other. And there was no, the only cause of death was was natural causes at the age of 85 before the evil white man got there. But sadly, he would not be correct, that history professor of yours. You see, people are just people, no matter their skin color, no matter their culture. When you gain power, you use power and the native tribes were killing each other all the time. When the Inca gained this power, they went on a massive, and I do mean massive, mission of conquest. They subjugated all the tribes around them, and I'm not putting down the Incas. Conquest is the history of the world. You know, it's not that I'm pro-conqueror because so many people end up dying, but it is the history of the world, and they conquered all the people around them. And... Yes, they were advanced, and they improved the lot in life of the people they conquered who they didn't kill or enslave, but 
there was still a lot of animosity within this area of people who were conquered people. As you can imagine, that would be rough, right? China comes storming into America tomorrow, takes over the government. We're in charge now, and yeah, they run the government. You're not in charge anymore, but are you going to have a little red, white, and blue American flag hidden under your pillow? Are you going to yearn for the day where you can throw off the scumbag commies? Of course you would. Of course, that's, that, that's human nature. These other tribes were the same way, too. Now, the Incas were an advanced people, really advanced. And when I say advanced, what's, do you remember the one huge thing I talk about all the time when it comes to ancient Rome, one of the main reasons they were able to conquer so much of the world? You'll know because it's one of the least sexy things I talk about. What is it? Roads. You don't give a lot of thought to roads because roads are freaking boring. It's just something you cruise down and don't think about it. Well, much of the ancient world didn't have them. Why did that matter? We'll talk about that. I'm going to try to get through this today and get these Ask Dr. Jesse questions done. Hang on. Stocky. Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. Superbeats heart chews are delicious. Absolutely delicious. And this is the time when I'm supposed to talk to you about the, the incredible health benefits. And honestly, that's why I started taking them. They support healthy blood pressure, they support heart health, they support circulation. It just they're really, really, really good for you. But none of that would matter for me if they didn't taste good. If they tasted like beets, if it tasted like I was eating a chewy vegetable, no. But they're basically two fruit snacks. The flavor I love, pomegranate berry. I'd set two of them by my glass with dinner. They're my dessert every single night. They're non-GMO. They're plant-based. They're gluten-free. No preservatives. No artificial colors. And again, that heart of yours, you only have one. Take care of it. Go to GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. That's GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. Buy two bags there. Get the third free. Oh, boy. Caused a bit of a dust-up last night with that that Tucker Carlson interview. My bad, everybody. (laughs) All right. What's coming up today? Well, let's see. We have one of Napoleon's generals living in secret in America. We have a rhino fighting a hippopotamus today. We have, well... If the Germans won World War II, as I've been saying, I wish they, or won World War I, won World War I, let me clarify, not World War II. If the Germans had won World War I, as I said, I wish they had, so World War II never happened, would America become a superpower? I got another guy has a question about the greatest generation living today. What would they say? I have an answer on that that's going to be a bit different than what you're expecting it is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday on the Jesse Kelly Show. 
877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Chris, you know what just occurred to me? One of these days, I'm going to have been up all night. You know what I'm, you know how, you know how it works. I got sons. Every now and then it would be, I'm at the ER with a broken arm or something. They're boys. What do you want me to do? I'm trying the best I can to keep them alive. But at some point, I'm going to come into this show and I'm just going to be red eyed and exhausted for some reason. It'll definitely be my son's fault or maybe some whiskey. But anyway, it'll definitely be my son's fault. At some point, I'm going to screw up and give out my own phone number on the air. You, I bet you money it's going to happen. Can you imagine? <laughs> Especially with the savages who listen to this show, the things they would text me. Gosh. All right, back to, back to South America, the Inca. They conquer all the people around them in the 1400s. They rise quickly. They build roads. They're fanatical about roads. And just like Rome, this aids them in conquering everyone around them and maintaining the empire. It's so bizarre because we take it for granted. But getting to and fro easily is something we just don't think about. It's not the norm in the ancient world. Sometimes, remember, they didn't have maps. They didn't know where they were going unless you had somebody who knew where they were going. You ever consider how crazy that is? But you did if you were in the Incas. Big rows, armies march up and down them quickly. They had a huge courier message system where they would have, they'd be able to to send messages way faster than anyone else in that part of the world because they'd have relay runners who'd be running back and forth. It was just, it was nuts, nuts. Now let's set them aside for a moment as we move over to a little place called Spain. A little man called Hernan Cortez. No, Cortez didn't take over the Incas. Remember, he took over the Aztecs. But Spain, Spain did colonizing a bit differently. They all kind of did it their own way. All the major European powers, they all put their little spin on it. And I am going to massively oversimplify this, but just know, especially when it comes to the Western Hemisphere, the British had their own way and the French had their own way and the Spanish had their own way. The British way was probably the most invasive not that they were terrible to everyone, but the British would very much take over and be all, okay, well, this is, this is definitely part of Britain now. And we're, we're, uh, let's bring in some people. We're going to build some forts. Uh, here's a shopping mall. There's a car dealership. There's, I mean, they would just move in and set up shop. Oh, okay, this is part of Britain now. Oh, you, you don't have a problem with that, right? So that was the British way. The French way would probably be the one you'd want if you were one of the Indian tribes. The French way was simply this. Look, we just want to be friends with all the natives. Help us get you know, furs and things like that that we want from around here. And we're going to fight for it. We'll fight with you and we'll give you goods and you give us goods. But the French way was very much come alongside the native people. The Spanish way was just... In I guess it, hindsight is twenty twenty. I don't want to judge an entire empire, but it was just awful. It, and when I say awful, I don't mean oppressive. It was all it, none of it was pretty. Conquest isn't pretty. They just treated all the new territories they found like a gigantic ATM machine. The Spanish were only there for the gold and silver. That's all. They, they would storm in, of course, for God. 
They would storm in, and they would make these declarations. And to their credit, they were absurdly brave. Like the guys in this story, just fanatical bravery. Wait till I get to the end of this thing here. They would storm into a place. And Cortez really perfected this when he took over the Aztecs in Mexico in the 1520s. They would just walk in, massively outnumbered most of the time. They would walk in and essentially say, hey, uh, congratulations, chief of this huge empire. You are now a subject of the Spanish king. And you're also going to go ahead and need to convert to Catholicism or I'll burn you to death right here. Sound good? Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. They wouldn't even give people options. It's not as if they were nice about, oh, and, yeah, we, we need all the gold you have. In fact, if you don't give us enough gold, we are not above grabbing your people and torturing you until you tell us where we can find said gold. And, of course, remember, people are just people. The Indian tribes would routinely take the Spanish greed and desire for gold and point them towards their enemies and say, hey, I don't have any gold, but man, Bill over there, he has a boatload. I would go torture Bill and find out where all his gold is. They would turn the Spanish on opposing tribes. It's, of course, it's brilliant. it's brilliant. They know how to do politics too. So Cortez, after he conquers the Aztecs, this is one of the bravest stories ever. I'm not saying Cortez was a saint, but it's still absurd bravery. He conquers the Aztecs, and everyone's looking at what happened to Cortez. Yeah, he had to go through a lot of pain, misery, wounds. He almost died about a thousand times. But once he's done, Cortez is not known in Spain. He's known around the world. Cortez is world famous. Cortez is stupid wealthy. And... They looked at this a little differently back then. Cortez was cloaked in glory and honor. That meant something big time back then. And what are you telling people? What are you telling young, brave men, young, brave, ambitious men on the up and up? You're telling them, okay, I might die. I might get slowly roasted to death over a fire in the process. But if I don't die, if I'm able to conquer a people for the Spanish crown, the world is my oyster when I'm done. And a young man by the name of Francisco Pizarro, he looked at Cortez and said to himself, oh, I want some of that. I want to get down on that. And Francisco Pizarro starts to do his own exploring of really Central America at the time. And he's having success. And he's having success. And he's having success. Now, when I say success, I mean he found himself a boat full of gold and silver and gems and sent a lot of it back to the king and said, Hey, king, we jacked this boat. There's all this gold on it. And they told us there's this hugely powerful people down south called the Incas. I'd like to go ahead and go conquer them with your permission. King writes back, You have it, son. Go make it happen, captain. And the Spanish take off. And they're heading for the Inca. Now, we have to do something a little different here and that I have to rewind just a bit to take you back over to the Inca side because this part is going to be really, really, really important for how this story ends. The Inca were a native people, 
And the native people famously <clears throat> did not do well with the European diseases that were brought over, to put it mildly. Uh, the estimates are staggering with how much, how many people were killed by smallpox and such. Well, that was coming for the Inca and other trouble, too. We'll go over that and ask Dr. Jesse. Hang on. Mold is disgusting. Fungus, mildew, these are these are not words that conjure up beautiful images in your mind. You know that there's a quiet, compact, powerful filter you can put in your home that'll take that out, right? It's called the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. The ultimate air purifier. I have had air purifiers my whole life. I, my allergies just simply require that I have them. I've never had an air purifier like the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You have no filters to replace in it. You plug it in and it runs. It kills and prevents the spread of mold and fungus and mildew. No more itchy eyes, watery eyes. It destroys deadly viruses and bacteria. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout. When you do that, gets you 10 bucks off. Jesse, thanks so much for coming on. How, would you, how, how do you think it would work if you lied on a federal gun form? I think I wouldn't be on your show right now unless they were allowing me to do it from Fort Leavenworth somewhere. I, I, we both know exactly. how this works, Tucker. This is, it's just item number 1,000 in, in proving to people that there are two different sets of rules in this country. There are rules for powerful right. Democrats, and there, and there are rules for people like you and I. This is, this is what they do, and people are sick of it. it it's, it's making people feel hopeless. It, it feels like there is no justice out there. It, it, it's, it feels as useless as going to a feminist rally and trying to find a woman who can cook. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I get home and see when I do stuff like that uh, on Tucker Carlson's jokes, I've been on there a few times. I get home and the wife doesn't even know what to say. She's just staring at me as all she says, you're going to get in trouble. And I said, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> it is the Jesse Kelly show. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I am on locals where I can't be kicked off. Gosh, it's going to be such a good Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Should you buy a gun if your spouse is against them and won't buy a gun? How about that for heavy? We got that question coming up here. Come on. We have to try to get to the Inca story, Chris. Dang it. All right. Cortez had been to the Americas as we laid out. And when Cortez got there, the, the spread of smallpox and mumps and such, it was really, really bad. It wiped out the Aztecs. And it, it, as diseases do, it made its way south to the Incas. So as Pizarro was making his way south and heading towards the Incas, this disease hits this large, powerful Inca kingdom, 
and start slaughtering them. They, I mean, they don't know numbers because there wasn't writing about it, but it was they, – they, they estimate 50%. Some estimates are half the people died. Think about that. Think about how crazy that is. I, that is that is Thanos from the Avengers movie. Half of everybody gone. Snap your fingers. Isn't that insane? Think about think about Al. Every half the people you know gone. Well, one of the people who dies is the king, and he is a very important person in the Incan society. A divine being. He, he's the king. The king on his deathbed. Names one of his sons, a specific one of his sons to take over. And the kings had tons of wives and concubines. And we're not going to go into the details of all that because it's a family show. But just know that they ended up with a lot of kids. A lot of kids. And they would name the successor. Kings laying there dying. Oh, no, smallpox, this sucks. I want this son in charge, though. Cool, cool. Everyone got it. Cool. Boom. King kicks off. The son he named as a successor also dies before he can actually take over as king. And the messenger gets there to tell, to say, hey, this son's king now, sees the son is dead, turns around and takes off running back for the king to tell him, uh, can you pick a new son? That one's already gone. By the time he gets back, the king is dead. So everybody's dead, and now what do you think you have when you have about 9,000 sons under the king and none of them have been appointed to run the biggest empire in that part of the world? Yeah, you're going to have a war. I'm not going to go into the details of that war. It was one son who was very politically connected, one of those types, and the other son who happened to be really, really good with the military Well, you know how that story works out. The one who was good with the military ended up on top, and his name is actually important for our story. His name is Atahualpa. Atahualpa takes over an Incan empire, and it's good to be king, right? Palaces and people, and and you got the the best food, pretty girls, and, and they carry him around on a litter, and I'm talking about like professional wrestling. They carry him on a gigantic throne. They just walk around with this guy. It had, it had to be fun. It had to be fun. Chris, I want to be carried around on a litter. What? We can find some people. How many people would I get? What? We'll find some people. Gosh. Anyway. So Pizarro gets there. Right about this time. I'm not making this up. It's just the, it's such an insane turn of events and such horrible luck for the Incas. Pizarro shows up with 168 Spaniards at this time. Not very many people. That's it. 168. Now, they're well equipped and a lot better equipped than the Indians, when it, than the Incas when it comes to warfare, for sure. The Spanish have armor. The Spanish have crossbows, muskets, war dogs, cannons, horses. They have stuff the Incans have never seen before. But there's still only 168 of them. Pizarro shows up, and he's surveying this wiped-out empire, an empire that had just gone through a disease that killed half of it, and then a massive civil war to settle on who the king was going to be. And now you had all these tribes who'd very recently, remember, been taken over by the Incans. You had all these tribes, and they weren't big fans of the Incans. And Pizarro's finding all this out. And Pizarro is like, wow, this place is ripe for the picking. 
He starts picking up allies here and picking up allies there. Oh, you don't like the Incans? Well, good news. We are here. Pizarro ends up starting to swap messages with Atahualpa, the Incan king. And these had to be, I wish I could read, uh, this has to be the worst game of telephone of, of all time. Because everything the Incans are saying to the Spanish seems to get lost in translation. And everything the Spanish are saying to the Incans seems to be getting lost in translation. And sometimes, I'm not going to go into all of it, sometimes they're threatening each other, but it doesn't come across like a threat. Sometimes they're complimenting each other, but it doesn't come across like a compliment. It comes across like a threat. It's just a, it's just a big old fat mess. But what they eventually agree on is this. They agree that they're going to meet at a little city, a little town called Cajamarca, C-A-J-A-M-A-R-C-A. Cajamarca. Okay. Well, the Incans, their interpretation of what this meeting is going to be is extremely different than the Spanish interpretation of what this meeting is going to be. Like I said, maybe the worst game of telephone of all time. The Incans, this newly appointed king, Atahualpa, at the head of his 80,000-man army, thinks he's going to march down and meet these few Spanish people and they're going to they're going to bend the knee like everyone else has and pay homage to him. I'm the new king around here, of course. The Spanish, they think this meeting is going to be a meeting where Atahualpa shows up and look, obviously, as you know, Atahualpa, we the Spanish are in charge, but we're going to be nice enough to let you hang on to some power, but just as much as we let you have. Also, where's all your gold? We need that. And you're a Christian now. Christian now. Congratulations. Atahualpa shows up at Cajamarca, and he leaves his 80,000-man army outside of the city, but he takes 7,000 men with him inside the city, only because he's there just to acquire some new subjects who are going to pledge fealty to him, they don't bring in any weapons. He brings in 7,000 men because for Atahualpa, this is just a big parade. This is just yet another people, all right, give me some goods. I'm the king. You have any pretty girls? Life is good. The Spanish... Because the Spanish understood the situation on the ground, this 168-man Spanish unit, they were approaching this situation just a little bit differently. How differently? I'll tell you in a second. We'll wrap this up, and it's Ask Dr. Jesse time. Hang on. Radio Revolution, Jesse Kelly. Jake's Mint Chew will help you quit dipping tobacco. Jake's Mint Chew will help you quit smoking. Jake's Mint Chew will do this without nicotine. It'll do this without tobacco. It'll do this without sugar even. 
You see, it gives you a replacement. It gives you something you can put in your lip to help that transition. It's so much better than a, than a patch or gum or something like that. They have 11 different long-cut flavors. They have four different flavors of the CBD pouches. And while I love it all, the CBD pouches are really the one I would recommend. One, they're so clean you can do it at your office desk if you're hankering for a smoke or a dip. They're so clean, and they really help take that edge off. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 20% off. I think you make a really solid point about the sadness and the powerlessness that people feel in the face of this. And at some point, people are going to say, why should I follow the rules? Why should I be a good citizen if they don't have to follow the rules? I mean, things kind of break down at some point, don't they? They will break down. They are breaking down, Tucker. I've said this before, and I'm telling you, I'm I'm worried that I'm right. The right is going to pick a fascist within 10 to 20 years because they're not going to be the only only ones on the outs. There's 60, 70 million of us. We're not a tiny minority. And if we're going to be all treated like criminals and all subject to every single law while Antifa Black Lives Matter guys go free and Hunter Biden goes free, then the right's going to take drastic measures. And it's not about Hunter Biden and his drug use. Nobody cares that guy was bumping booger sugar exactly. lines up European hookers on the weekend. It's about justice that he's never held accountable for, and none of the Bidens are. But you would be, Tucker, and so would I. That's so well put, and you're absolutely right. We're moving toward actual extremism because they're undermining the system that kept extremism at bay. And I, I don't think we can say that enough. I'm so glad that you just said it. That was so well put, Chris, by me. <laughs> I apologize. I'm not sorry. I can't do it. It's the Jesse Kelly show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Gosh, this show's so much fun. Radio's so much fun. I try to tell people this because I ask, you know, I do three hours of radio every day. And then I do an hour of TV every day. And people ask me all the time which one I like more. My TV show's on uh, the the first. The network's called The First. My show's on 9 p.m. Eastern every night right after O'Reilly. And I never know what to tell people. I I tell people this. They are both very, very, very different. There's a reason almost everybody in this business does one or the other. Very few people do both. And a lot of the guys who try to do both suck at one of the two of them. I suck at both of them, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) But they're very different. Radio, I'll say this about TV. TV is a lot easier, and it's not just because it's an hour. If you if you can stand being in front of the camera, TV's easier because you have the visual aspect to it. I, I can do things on TV that I can't do. Like, you can't see me put my hand over my mouth or roll my eyes or, or put my hands on my face or make hand motions. You can't see that, so there's no portion of that. TV's just, just easier. It's just easier. It's one of those things. You could you can do TV with very little prep. I, most people, well, I can't. I don't. I, it just doesn't. I don't prep prep very much for TV. I'm ready to go. Just turn on the camera. Let's go. I don't have a teleprompter or anything like that. I'm just going. 
Radio is a lot more, and I really want to hesitate to call it this, a lot more work. Uh, I don't work. You work. I've had all the crappy jobs in the world. Uh, You name it. Construction, salesman, dishwasher, marine. I've done all that. This is not a job. And I hate when people in my business complain about it. Oh, man, I'm working like a dog over here. Dude, you talking to the microphone, you're going to be fine. I promise you're going to be fine. But radio is a lot more effort than TV. A lot more. Not just because it's three hours long, because you also don't have the visual part of it. But radio is, I don't want to know if, I don't know if I can say it's more fun, Chris, but it's pretty freaking fun. It's less, it's less scripted than TV, I'll say that. And there's, it's not as if there's anyone on TV who's going to stop me from getting sidetracked, as I tend to do, and talk about, cra- we were fighting cheetahs yesterday, I don't even know where that came from. But that's never going to happen on TV, on radio, it just happens. And I realize most people don't even do that on their radio shows, but at this point in time, you get what you get. Don't throw a fit. Back to the Incas. Atahualpa. Marches into town with a, at the head of a 7,000-person parade being carried on a litter, of course. The Spanish, they're not there for a parade. And they're not there to bend the knee to anybody. The Spanish are hidden. Horses hidden. Cannons hidden. Crossbows hidden. Muskets hidden. In full armor. All around the town square. The Spanish are there for death. The Spanish are there to kill. The Incans, they didn't properly read the situation. And not properly reading the situation on the ground has gotten more people killed than nuclear weapons. Atahualpa goes strolling into town at the head of his parade. Pizarro sends out a, a friar, essentially a, a, a pastor, sends out a, sends out a religious dude. And I'm not going to go into all the details of what they say, but essentially this ends with the religious dude letting him know, hey, congratulations, you're a subject of the Spanish now. Oh, we needed to convert too. Hey, here's a Bible. Ever heard of it? Kind of important to people who believe what we believe. At Awalpa, the Incans didn't have written languages, but they did believe in, in objects speaking to them. Atahualpa takes it. He doesn't even open it because he, why would he open something? He doesn't know what even what reading is, but he takes it and he's like shaking it and looking at it and, and waiting for it to say something to him because from the translation he's getting, this is some kind of holy book, some kind of religious artifact. This thing is, it's supposed to do something, right? Speak to me, book. Why aren't you speaking to me? And it doesn't do anything, obviously. Atahualpa takes that Bible and he throws it. Uh-oh. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything. 
but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. Seven seven eight six six. What is the number, Chris? Seven seven. <laughs> Whatever. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Now I'm thinking about giving out my phone number on the air, Chris, and it's screwing me up. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. You can call us live. You can leave us a voicemail. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, and there is a deep one right off the bat here, Chris. Get this. And yes, I'm going to wrap up my Inca story in just a second, but there's a deep one right off the bat. What if you want a gun for your home, believe in guns, want something for protection, and your spouse is against them? What is right? What is wrong? How about that for heavy? We have rhino versus hippo fights. What if America doesn't rise? Do we have a hidden Napoleon general in America? All that's coming up in a second on Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. And so I'm going to say something outrageous. I have never been particularly poor at calculating how to get things done in the United States Senate. So the best way to get something done, if you, if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. <laughs> well, the <laughs> that uh, yikes, yikes! It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Oh, man, it's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Let's wrap up this Inca story now because we have a lot of stuff to get to. Atahualpa, the Incan king, throws the Bible. The Spanish pretty much take that as a cue that it's going to go ahead and be on now. Remember, Atahualpa's there with 7,000 men, but they're unarmed. 
168 Spanish. But they have cannons, which the Incans have never even heard before, muskets, which they haven't heard before, crossbows, swords, dogs. The Spanish were awesome at using war dogs. How cool is that, Chris? The Spanish charge. And the Spanish start cutting through the Incans like a blowtorch through butter. The Incans are now in a mass panic. They at first don't even understand what's going on. Who would attack? Why are we being attacked? What are these large creatures they're riding on? Is that one creature? The Spanish are stabbing and shooting and slashing. At a Walpa, remember I said he got carried on a litter? All his litter bearers throw him back on the litter and pick the guy up to carry him away. The Spanish want to capture him, not kill him. The litter guys won't drop him. They have to cut their hands off to get him to drop the litter. I'm not making that up. How gruesome is that? There's such a panic, the Incans start accidentally killing each other because they start a stampede and they're stomping each other into the ground to get away from the Spanish. The Spanish kill basically all of them except for Atahualpa and a few others. The army that's outside of the city, they respond to the commotion, find out their king has been captured and their people are dead, and they just take off. They don't attack or do anything. The 168 Spanish, guess how many dead they had? Zero. Didn't lose a single man, surrounded by an 80,000-man army, and they take Atahualpa prisoner. That didn't end up very well for Atahualpa, I should say. The Spanish initially treated him very, very well, gave him a palace. As long as he kept supplying them with places they could go get gold and silver and such. And then Atahualpa's enemies started pouring honey in the Spanish ears saying, hey, that Atahualpa guy, you know he's going to build up an army. He's building up, up an army. There's an army coming to kill you. The Spanish, without even investigating whether there was an actual army coming, and it turns out there wasn't, they put Atahualpa on trial and convict him and sentence him to burning to death which is a big deal for the Incans. Well, I mean, it's a big deal, period. It doesn't sound like a pleasant way to go. It's a big deal for the Incans, period, because they believe in mummification. So he strikes a deal with them that he will convert to Catholicism if they'll simply strangle him to death, which the Spanish do in the public square. That was the end of Atahualpa. That was the beginning of the ending for the Incan Empire. So with that bright and sunny tale underneath you, you need to remember something right now. The right really needs to remember something right now. We have lost our culture for a reason. And the reason is not that we're dumb. It's not that we're lazy. It's certainly not that we're wrong. The reason we have lost American culture is we have acted like politics is just politics. Something that happens, it's important, it's on the side though, and it's just, you know, it's it'll be fine. Let's look, we're all it's just pol it's just voting, really. We'll go vote. You go vote on election day and I'll go vote and we'll throw our votes together and we'll see who wins and we'll argue a little and that's it. The left understands that politics is life and death. It is country-changing. 
culture changing. It, it, it raises nations and it brings nations to its knees. We lost because they play politics like a blood sport. We play politics like, let's have a parade today. Oh, wait, they're shooting us. What happened? I don't understand. I thought this was a parade. Understanding the situation on the ground and not wishing away what you want it to be. Not wishing that away or, or wishing for, for what you want to be and not, not wishing, you know, oh, I, I just, I think it should be nice, so I'm going to pretend like it is nice. It's not nice now. It's not nice at all. Dear Dr. Jesse, my husband has a case of MREs, a wood shed filled with wood, as I would hope so, two wood stoves with cooktops, gallons of water, and a safe full of cash. It seems we would be ready for anything, but he won't buy a gun to protect it. Should I buy a gun? One. Lady, hear me now. You are lucky you emailed the only person in the United States of America who actually is able and willing to keep secrets. As you all, everybody knows by now, I don't even read your name if you send me death threats. I do not do it. Hear me, lady, and hear me well. Everybody hear me. You never, ever, 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 ever admit to anybody not your closest friend, not a radio host, not your landscaper, not your brother, not your anything, that you have a safe full of cash. People die for that. That is a great way to get you and or someone in your family seriously hurt. So those words you just typed typed out to me, you never mention those words again to anybody. Clear? That's one. Two. I believe in guns. I believe in being trained with them. I believe it is everything. Because without protection, like we talked about yesterday, without protection, what do you have? Our zombie apocalypse. Remember our zombie apocalypse scenario? The zombies are all around and you can you have two houses. You have the nice guy's house who's really polite and he's gonna pull your chair out for you and yes, ma'am, and he He's got a house full of toys for your kids and everything's going to be nice, but he doesn't even have a gun or locks on the doors. Or you have the guy next door who's a vulgar barbarian and he's super rude and you don't like him and he smokes and he drinks and he doesn't shave and he smells and he doesn't, but he has his doors barred, his windows barred, and he has an arsenal in his home. You're going to that guy's house with your kids every single time because without safety, what do you have? You can have all the food and wood and water in the world if, let's, let's say the worst happens. Now, obviously, I don't assume there's going to be a zombie apocalypse, but what if you do get some sort of societal collapse, which is not unheard of at all? That's the history of the world. How much history do we talk about on the show? If you do get some kind of societal collapse, who do you think is going to be roaming around looking for things? You think it's only going to be good people marching around with their weapons looking for things? Or do you think bad people are going to want food and water and stuff too? What good is having any of that if I can walk up to you with a gun and take it all away from you? That said, I'm not here to tell somebody to defy their husband. 
If that's the look, if that's if that's how it works in your house, look, do you disagree, Chris? I understand without a gun you don't have anything secure, but that's your husband. I'm not stepping into that. I would uh I'd have a long talk with him though. Maybe playing what I just said. I'd have a long talk with him. Oh, we're not done. We're not done at all. It's time to fight grizzly bears. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.